listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, we're going to examine critical things happening in the world and our nation from a biblical worldview or a biblical perspective. First and foremost, every day in the news, we see some pivotal event occurring somewhere in our nation or somewhere in the world, whether it's the Ukraine or Russia or NATO, and now the Middle East, Israel, uh, Iran, and uh, the the inflaming of uh, terrorism in the Middle East. Because, uh, as some people have said, uh, they sense weakness in the United States of America in terms of leadership. And so they're taking advantage of it. And Unfortunately, we're caving in. Now, it doesn't matter what you think about Israel, per se. Uh, What matters is, if Israel is harmed or uh, marginalized militarily, we're in big trouble, because they are a geopolitical ally. And we need geopolitical allies that are strong and that will stand with us if uh, an enemy nation uh, provokes us. Now, other factors are also happening in the United States and across the world. And, and the epicenter of a great deal of this activity is the United States of America and what the United States of America is doing. Now, if we keep progressing, in, in our viewpoint of this, we realize that there is an underlying factor in the United States, an all-important factor, and that is the spiritual factor. Now, I'm not talking about the spiritual factor as some kind of, you know, comet in outer space. I'm talking about the spiritual factor in the United States determines physical reality, and by physical reality, I mean what happens with our enemies, our economy, our food supply, our uh, society, societal factors, uh, the, the possibility of social chaos. All of these factors, good factors and negative factors, impact us. Now, in my book, uh, Power From On High, I I deal with this, and I deal with the fact that America, as you've heard me say, uh, the reason America has been so successful up until recently was because it followed a blueprint designed by the Pilgrims and Puritans that were uh, strong Bible-believing Christians. They were thinkers, intellectuals. They were diligent. They were entrepreneurs. And most of all, they understood that the source of all their prosperity and blessing came from God, and that if curses began to come upon the land, uh, the pilgrims and Puritans recognized immediately that there was a spiritual root to those curses, and that is spelled out in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the blessings and the curses. Now, the modern church has largely forgotten Uh, that kingdom law of God, 
because God works in nations, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. And the reason America, uh, for so for such a long period of time, has prospered is because, however imperfectly, America attempted to follow the laws of God. Now America, like uh, much of the world, has a brand new God, and that brand new God is man, or humanism. We, we've decided that we're smarter than God. Uh, we look down upon God. We look down upon what God says in his word. We mock God. And then, we can't, and then we're, we're, we're totally bewildered about why uh, so many negative factors are happening. The pil- pilgrims and Puritans would never have been bewildered if they had arrived at the place that America is currently in. They would not have been bewildered because they were serious students of the Word of God. And again, they especially studied the Old Testament, and they especially focused in on Deuteronomy 28. Now, in a minute, we're going to talk about what we can do to reverse these, what I consider life and death, negative events that are occurring in our nation and the world. Make no mistake about it, this is not playtime. The, the, the arena that we're in, the zone that we're in right now as a nation and a people, this is not a game. And I, I look at Christians everywhere, and there's this, this uh, silliness in their countenance. And, and I'm not saying that to be mean, but what I mean by silliness in their countenance is that their facial expressions are are they're filled with a kind of foolishness. You know, it's like when you talk to a child and you know there's foolishness in, in the child, and you've got to watch a child sometimes very carefully, or because of the child's immaturity and age, the, the child potentially can do something that would harm himself or herself or others. Well, you look at a lot of the facial countenances of people in the body of Christ in America, and you see this foolishness, because it's this haphazard, uh, I'm oblivious to what's happening all around me. And adults don't act that that way. Adults don't act uh, theoretically like fools. So in a moment, we're going to get into that and the solution. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. So the Pilgrims and Puritans came to America, escaping England and the Church of England. Uh, They came to America in the 1600s. And when they came to America, they brought with them their fervent belief in the Word of God. And this is the reason why they prospered. Now, compare our time period with the time period of the Pilgrim and Puritans. The Pilgrim and Puritans, as I said a few minutes ago, were serious students of the Word of God. So, for example, they studied the Old Testament and the covenants that God made between himself and the children of Israel especially the covenant of blessings and curses in Deuteronomy 28. Now, unfortunately, the the blessings and curses listed in Deuteronomy 28 uh, 
they they were degraded, not by the children of Israel, although at certain time periods they were degraded by the children of Israel, and then they children of Israel were the recipients of God's curses. But in contemporary America, you can go back thirty years ago, and to a very significant degree, the so-called Bible-believing Christians, or at least a certain segment of Bible-believing Christians, uh, turned Deuteronomy 28 into to, into your own uh, personal ATM machine. That somehow, you know, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, you know, believe God for a Cadillac or or you know, jumbo jets or mansions or whatever. The whole thing revolved around self-centered desires. And so look you look now and and it's not really hard to figure out why we're in the situation we're in when we violated the very covenant um, that our nation benefited by. So for example, in the beginning of Deuteronomy 28 Verse 1, it says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. That's where America was uh, just uh, relatively few years or decades ago. America was set up high above all the nations of the earth. Why? Because we were complying with God's covenant, where God promised us, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, not just the ones you like, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So there's, there's the, the beginning of Deuteronomy 28. The first half of the chapter deals with all the blessings that will come upon God's people. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall be you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all which you set your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you, if, he, if you keep the commandments of the Lord, your God, and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers uh, to give you. The Lord will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season, and bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and not beneath, if 
you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods or idols to serve them. Pretty straightforward. But the difference between the pilgrims and the Puritans and the American church or the majority of American Christians today is that American Christians today largely are in violation. When you read Deuteronomy 28, Essentially, in the first half of the chapter, it indicates all the blessings that God wants to pour out on his people if they obey him. Then when you go into Deuteronomy, starting in verse 15, it says, But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And then every single blessing that I just read to you, is reversed. Every blessing, blessing, item by item or verse by verse, is now reversed, and it is now turned into a curse. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the country. And then you go down all the verses, and it's one curse after another. Uh, The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. So you see, uh, this is pretty simple. Now, again, going back 30 years ago or more, the, the church, a large segment of the church, started teaching and preaching what they called the prosperity gospel. Problem with the prosperity gospel is that it is the teaching of God's word, such as Deuteronomy 28, but it's it's not being properly taught. It's not, you're not rightly dividing the Word of God. They turned, many people in the body of Christ turned that teaching in Deuteronomy 28, they turned it into something that it was never intended to be by God. And that is a self-centered, idolatrous, materialistic, you know, what are you going to do for me, God, but I'm not going to obey you, I'm not going to serve you, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to walk in your ways. So all of those things that we started to do and we're still doing now, we really have not seen the level of repentance uh, in the body of Christ that is necessary for the release of a biblical third great awakening or a biblical uh, revival. Because if we were to receive the outpouring of the Spirit in the intensity that God desires for his people, that would clear up a lot of our problems, remove a lot of our enemies, and all of a sudden, everything which has been going downwards begins to be reversed. But it's only reversed if God's people start to worship God as God, stop worshiping idols, stop worshiping money, sex, materialism, and start worshiping the Lord. This is what the pilgrims and Puritans did. And they didn't come here with a lot of money. But but they came here, and we had a first Great Awakening with Jonathan Edwards, and a second Great Awakening with Charles Finney, and and other great men of God who preached the fires of revival upon our nation. 
and the the effect or impact on that kind of preaching, which was biblical preaching, was that our nation was dynamically changed for the better. And you can trace America's problems, just about all of them, back to around 65 years ago, we began to depart from the ways of God. Essentially, what it comes down to, we stopped looking and and perceiving God as God, and we began to look to ourselves as God, our technology, our science, our medicine, our monetary system. We began to perceive that as our God. We worshipped ourselves. We We worshipped man as God. So where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is that in your personal life, in the life of the nation, in the life of the world, when God makes promises of blessing, part of what allows God to bless his people supernaturally is if they get in synchronization with the laws of God and his covenant and then, through repentance, adjust their behavior to match up with God's commandments. And so here we are in a period that I consider, and many people who are not even Christians, but they're historians, they all agree, I shouldn't say all, but most of them would agree that we're in the most dangerous time in the history of our nation, and maybe even in the history of the world. And yet, it is during this exact same time period when we're in such enormous need of God that we have not turned to God in the way that God finds it sufficient to pour out his spirit in a biblical revival, in a biblical awakening. God is willing and ready to turn things around, but it requires that his people, Christians, they have to be willing, we have to be willing to turn things around, to, to conform to God's uh, commandments. And the pilgrims and Puritans were, were a living example of that. So that is the critical thing. And what that requires is a revolutionary internal change in our hearts and minds. Because the way it's going to play out for you, and me, and our families, and our nation, the way it's going to play out is simple to understand if you read your Bible. If you don't read your Bible, you're going to walk around clueless. Like most Christians that I know, again, I'm not trying to be mean, but they're walking around in a state of cluelessness. This is a very, very dangerous time to be walking around in a state of cluelessness. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. The level of danger, the level of threat facing our nation and us as individuals is astronomical. And for us to simultaneously be walking around in a state of cluelessness is a tragedy waiting to happen. So what happened in in biblical times in the Old Testament with with the Jews? Well, what happened is they would go through successive uh, seasons where either they were obeying God, worshiping God, Uh, keeping God's commandments, and then the blessing of God would be upon Israel. The blessing of God would be on their economy, their their conflicts with enemies. Uh, They had food. They they were protected. They had a, a spiritual shield all around them. 
But that was contingent upon their continuing to obey the Lord, his commandments, to worship the Lord God as the only God, not worship idols, not worship false gods, and not break the commandments of God. So Israel would go through this cycle. When it was obeying God, God prospered Israel. When Israel was disobeying God, they would be invaded by enemies. Then they would be into they would be taken into captivity and slavery. And sometimes, depending upon the extent of their disobedience and depending upon the extent of their um, idolatry, there were times when God would allow a certain number of his own people to be wiped out. That's very severe. Now, the Pilgrims and Puritans studied the Bible. They didn't turn it into their personal ATM machine, as I said before. And they understood that if they were really serious, then they would obey God, they would obey his word, and they expected God, not in some haphazard manner, but they expected God to bless them and protect them and provide for them. And God did just that. And that is why, that is the only reason, in the final analysis, that's the only reason why America prospered above any other nation on earth for for such a long period of time. And again, at the exact same time we started to reject God and break his commandments and worship false gods, that's when our demise began to materialize. So when you look at what's happening now, there's two ways you can look at it. You can walk around like a, a dangerous percentage of people who call themselves Christians do, and you can walk around clueless. You don't turn to God. You don't cry out to God. You don't study his word. And then you don't study his word, know his word, and apply his word to the negative event situations that you're in. So if you want to see, look, I don't know what, how to say this without, well, I'll just say it. What is on the horizon for the American people and American Christians is a situation that is so dangerous and so volatile that I don't. That I'm not afraid of telling you about it. I've told you about it many, many times on the Paul McGuire Report. I've spelled it out to you, and I spell it out in my book, Power from on High, as well as what we can do about it. But if we don't start to take the fact that God alone is almighty, and if we don't start to take the fact that God is the supreme being, and only God, only God can get us out of the mess we're in, and believe me, we are in a mess of staggering proportions on every level. And the only person that would disagree with that is somebody who's intoxicated or somebody who's clueless. We are in serious danger. If I was to go through just 15 minutes and bullet point the threats that we're facing right now, they should make any sane man or woman sober quickly. Because these are serious threats. And if, if you look at America, depending upon how old you are, uh, you can see God has been patient for a long, long time with America. And the church is, is the group of people that are the ones that are supposed to be leading the way. 
and not leading the nation in the wrong way. So we're on the precipice of like a great cliff. And what that means is that we're at the end of the road. And in the corporate world, they they use an expression that you've probably heard, come to Jesus moment. And that would be when the executives or top people in the corporation would gather together their employees and managers, different corporate officers, et cetera, and uh, basically lay it on the line to them uh, regarding the fact that they need to straighten up their act and and get back to the basics that, that made their business successful. But in America today, the church needs to have a come-to-Jesus moment more than any other group, because we, we have been given the truth. We're supposed to know what to do. And we can't lead our nation out of this quagmire unless we read the word and this is the thing that, that begs the judgment of God upon our nation. We don't take his words seriously. We, we take it as if it's just the words of, of, of some teenager down the street. I just read to you a, a minute or two ago the words of Almighty God. There was a time that if you read the words of Almighty God, people would shake. No, I'm not talking about Pentecostal craziness. I'm talking about they would tremble in a reverential fear, not a psychopathic fear, a reverential fear of worship. Because guess what? There was a there was a bone marrow understanding that God is the author of life and death. And if God tires of your existence on this earth, he can pull the plug in a nanosecond. Or he can reach down from heaven and supernaturally rescue you from your enemies. But it's up to God's people. And God's people in America, you and I, can st- we have an obligation. We either get our act together before a holy God that saved us from our sins, and we start to pray to God like we mean kingdom business, not as some funky religious game. And then we have to believe God, faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. This is the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us, paulmcguire.us. We are fighting to proclaim this kind of truth in our messages. What's out there, and and I'm not knocking, I don't mean this in a negative way, but you have primarily conservative, conservative activists, but you, but you have a lack of biblical Christian activism, that, which incorporates the spiritual. And unless you incorporate the spiritual, and by that I mean biblical, Bible, into the situations we're facing, uh, we, we will not be able to overcome them. So visit paulmcguire.us. Make sure you get yourself a copy of Power From On High while it's still being offered at a discount. Uh, which it is, but then at a certain point, the, the discount will be lifted. The discount is is our way of making the book affordable to those people who are willing to pre-order Power From On High right now and help us spread this message far and wide. I need your help. Um, I'm putting my life into it. Others are too. I recognize that. But 
if we all pull together, we can make effective changes. So we'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Now, when you look at the Word of God, and, and you know, there, are, there is a serious problem going on in, in a vast majority of the churches in America. It's a crisis problem, and it is the underlying crisis beneath all of our other problems. And this is what it is. There is an egregious violation of the Word of God by individual Christians, by pastors, by seminaries, Christian institutions, ministries, not all of them. There are some that are faithful, but there's a larger group that are being unfaithful. And they don't take the Word of God seriously. You know, just just think logically for a moment. If you don't take the Word of God seriously, then how do you know if you're saved or not? Because if you don't take the rest of the Word of God seriously, do you really take God's promise to save you when you come to Him in repentance, ask to be forgiven of your sins, and invite Christ into your life to make you born again? You see, that means you get into heaven because of your faith, your belief in what God's Word says. But in the church in America today, it's kind of like cherry-picking what you want to believe and what you don't want to believe. The problem is the pilgrims and Puritans, unlike Christians in America today, uh, took the Word of God seriously. So let me just read you a couple of things. I I read to you the the blessings that uh, came upon God's people with the pilgrims and Puritans. And then in the second half of Deuteronomy 28, we read the second half of the chapter where it deals with the curses on disobedience to God's word, starting at verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall be you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of the land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and a rebuke in all that you set your hand to do, until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly, because because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until it has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching, and with mildew, and they shall pursue you until you perish. And your heavens, which are over your head, shall be bronze. The idea is that when you cry out to the heaven, God isn't going to hear it. It's like crying out to the heaven is like crying out to a sky of thick metallic bronze. What that means is that your prayers are not going to go into the throne of God. They're going to boomerang off the, the bronze sky. That's the way it is in America for a lot of Christians. And then they want to blame God. The Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust. From heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. 
And it continues on. And um, it's a it's a it's a very very serious warning. And this warning needs to be heeded now, because it is the responsibility of everyone who who is a true believer in Jesus Christ to be an intercessor, a prayer warrior, to to partner with God in what God wants done, to to make themselves available to what God wants to do. And if we do that together, I mean, to repent of the, the silliness, repent of playing games, repent before the Lord, Lord, when you say, I'm going to do it, God, and then you don't have any intention of doing it. There has to be repentance, mass repentance. To such a degree, the pilgrims and Puritans did this. The, the first uh, Great Awakening, they did this. The second Great Awakening, they did this. We need a biblical third Great Awakening. And that means we get serious with God. I'm telling you, you'd have to be flat out crazy to look at the data of what is coming upon our nation and the world. It's already started. It will be overwhelming, and no one will be able to escape it. And if you think, well, I can just, you know, ignore God and, you know, everything is, is grace, um, I hate to break it to you, but you're, you're first of all, Ask yourself, are you really saved? Because if you're really saved, the Holy Spirit in you would be convicting you and calling you to repentance. Now, this all gives us an opportunity for tremendous hope. It means that there's no problem too big for God to solve if his people are in the right position spiritually to receive it. And we need to do what the Bible tells us to do which is to preach the Bible, understand the Bible, teach the Bible. And if we do that, God will keep his word. But, but we're at the end of the road. Now, you may not like that. A lot of people don't want to hear that. It's too negative. Well, I would rather tell you something negative that was true, that could spare your life, spare your children's lives, spare the lives of millions of people. I would rather tell you something that is true from the Word of God, and true in reality. I would rather tell you something true and have it be negative and end up saving you than lie to you and just tell you all sweet nothings. I can't do that. But I need your help. I need your prayers. I need you to donate what you can. I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into the specifics. We were, we were just threatened to be thrown off uh, another... Uh, big social media site, and, and, and trying to find out what ambiguous thing you violated is, is impossible. So we're, we're constantly having to uh, uh, think strategically in order to be able to communicate, because we live in a time in America where righteousness, the truth, is being censored. It's under attack. So I need your help, your prayers, your contributions, your partnership. And I'm not asking you to do this for me. I'm asking you to do it for God, first and foremost. And secondly, to do it for yourself, your children, your grandchildren, and this nation. I still believe, and I wrote this in my book, Power From On High, which you can get at a discount in Paul McGuire, uh, U.S. I wrote about this in my book. I still believe God has a plan for America in the last days. 
But that plan can only be released based on whether or not God's people decide to get serious with God. And the minute God's people decide to get serious with God, God will begin to release his blessings and his supernatural protection. So there is hope. But guess what? It's up to us. It's up to us. God knows who his remnant people are. Are you one of the remnant people? A remnant Christian is a Christian that believes the Word of God and attempts to obey the Word of God. A remnant Christian is not a perfect Christian. It's a Christian that is attempting to walk in the right direction. So, a remnant Christian is not one that plays church. Together, we need to pray, because we're fighting principalities and powers and the dark, unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places. I need your help to spread this word, especially to wake up the remnant church, those people that love God. And I believe there's millions of them in America, by the way, millions. And I would surmise that the majority of people listening to, to me now, the Paul McGuire Report, wherever you are in the world, uh, would be part of the remnant church, because nobody is going to listen to a program like the Paul McGuire Report who is in active rebellion from God. They don't want to hear a man of God. They want to hear lies. So they continue to worship idols. But you and I are not like that. And remember, it only takes a remnant. It's, it's victory in a spiritual battle of this nature is not won because we have superior numbers. It's won because whatever numbers we have, we are, we are endeavoring to be faithful to God and cry out to God. So it can be a, a remnant, it can be 4% of the population of the United States, just 4%. And we can change the direction of our nation. And to me, that's good news and that's hope. And, you know, you do what you can do. But you can do something. Everybody can do something. Maybe you can't uh, devote the time or the energy or whatever to do certain things, but there are certain things that you can do. And God will reward you for what you do in terms of faithfulness and diligence. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us and help us to spread this message far and wide. Let's set this nation on fire with the power of the Holy Spirit. 